welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome into Soccer Morning here on WorldSoccerTalk.com. Hope your week is off to a fine, fine start. We've got a lot to look forward to today. Barcelona, Bayern Munich resuming hostilities in Germany. Bayern Munich down three goals. Can they come back? If anybody in the world can come back from down three goals on aggregate in a Champions League semifinal, it's probably Bayern Munich. Stefan Ersfeld, who covers German football from Germany, will join us in a couple of minutes to go over the likelihood of that happening. Pep Guardiola rumors swirling around. Is he going to Manchester City? My gut says no, that this was... Uh, this was uh, uh, somebody, an excitable type somewhere, putting this out as if it was news, got picked up. Rumors, man. Rumors. That's how these work these days. Rumors go out. Nobody really checks the sourcing on said rumor. Next thing you know, it's accepted as if it's happening. But again, no, it's, it's as if these things are conjured out of thin air. You got a lot of rumors coming around in MLS these days. Transfer or the... Uh, the roster deadline day is coming. I think that's today. Is that today? Is there some sort of rest, roster deadline today? And then the summer window opens a couple of months from now. And that may be the case. So you got so you got a lot of names connected to MLS. A lot of guys who are either in New York or have been released by their clubs and may or may not have interest from MLS teams. So that's fun. That's fun. And pep pep rumors are fun. To Manchester City, Jurgen Klopp to Liverpool. I don't know if it's an actual r- rumor or not, or just uh, wishful thinking on the part of Liverpool fans. Arsene Wenger seems to be pretty entrenched in his job, not going anywhere, even though Arsenal slipped yesterday, lost to Swansea one nothing, and this was the this was again those an opportunity for Arsene Wenger losing at home to Swansea in a very much a smash and grab type of performance by the Swans. An opportunity for Arsene Wenger to moan and whine and complain about the way somebody played against Arsenal. Arsenal, an overwhelmingly strong attacking team, goes up against a weaker side who doesn't have nearly the talent. The weaker side plays some defensive soccer, and Arsene Wenger then complains about it when he loses. I I don't understand this. I mean, if you want to feel like you have the moral high ground, that's fine. But to go out in public and to whine about it and consistently do so. This is not the first time Arsene Wenger's done this. He's done this many, many times. You lost me, Arsene. This is a game that you're supposed to win by any means necessary within the rules. And as far as I can tell, Swansea didn't break any rules. In fact, they got the benefit of the goal line technology when Gomez's header went in and came back out after a save by Fabianski and no one knew if it actually went in and the, the announcers were confused and it hit the post and it not hit the post. I think Swansea deserved to win that game. And when I say deserved, I don't mean it in that, oh, who played better? Who had more of the ball? Who connected more passes? Who created more chances? I mean, who put the ball in the net? That's who, win- that's who deserves to win the game, the team that puts the ball in the net the most times. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's the way this game works, right? If you score the most goals, you win the game. 
And I think the reasoning is you deserve to win the game. I don't care how you go about it. It may not have been entertaining. I don't know how Swansea fans feel today. But come on. You beat Arsenal. You got to feel good about that. You beat beat Arsenal at the Emirates. Atlanta MLS owner Arthur Blank, also owner of the Atlanta Falcons, as you know, plans to announce the name for his Atlanta MLS entry ahead of the Gold Cup semifinals. What date is that, Trevor? I didn't pull the date. Obviously, that's later this summer. I don't know what they've narrowed it down to. I know Terminus Legion has held their own sort of unofficial polling and suggested a couple of things to the team. I've seen some new designs, fan done, you know, fan designs, a potential crest this week, which is all fun, speculation all fun. What do they what can they call this team? Uh, the the names I've seen suggested, none of them strike me right. None of them hit me in the right place, and I I don't know that that's fair. But what do Atlanta fans want to do? July 22nd. Thank you, Trevor. Locomotive Atlanta, Terminus ATL. These are all from the designs I saw. What else? At the Atlanta Rise? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. 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 No Atlanta Rise. I know that's supposed to be a, a reference to the Phoenix, and Atlanta has Phoenix imagery and their history and fine but not rise the the i like the train iconic uh, uh, what is that word what's that word i'm trying to say i like the train elements being <laughs> incorporated i just don't know how you do that and make it look cool and make it sound good locomotive atlanta too derivative to me for me no can't do it locomotive atl or whatever the heck that was terminus atl I mean, to something terminus, I guess. Sounds pretentious. I guess that's okay. I don't know. They can be the Atlanta somethings. Just don't know what. Bayern Munich, Barcelona, as I mentioned today, 245 Eastern, Fox Sports 1. Barcelona up 3 nothing on aggregate. Big, big game in Germany. Not as big as it might have been because the Germans went and uh, threw up a dud in Barcelona. Barcelona was amazing. Messi was amazing. Is Pep Guardiola coaching for his Bayern Munich? I don't want to go into that. That's that's all that, that big talking point hot take stuff. I don't, I don't want to do that. Rafa Mar- sorry, Rafa Marquez headlines the Mexico Copa America roster as announced by Miguel Herrera. Goalkeepers, Jesus Corona, Alfredo Talavera. This is mostly so you guys can hear me butcher these pronunciations. Melaton Hernandez. Carlos Salcedo, I'm not going to do them all. Carlos Salcedo's in the defender pool. Rafa Marquez. Um, Miguel Herrera from Pachuca. Your midfielders, Luis Montes, Marco Fabian. Juan Carlos Modina. And the other Jesus Corona from SC20. Forwards, uh, Raul Jimenez is in that group. And then there's a reserve list, which includes Isaac Brizuela, the... Uh, Dual International, who chose Mexico. That's right. Isn't that right? Jürgen Dom, up-and-coming young player. Surprised not to see him in the main list on this team. And hopefully we can grab one of our friends from down in Mexico at some point in the next couple of days to talk about this roster and what this, what the makeup, how the makeup looks for what Miguel Herrera is trying to accomplish. 
And by the way, let's stop with the headlines, various soccer news outlets that say Chicharito Hernandez was snubbed from this team. No, he was not snubbed from this team. He's going to be on the Gold Cup team because Herrera is prioritizing the Gold Cup. Thank you. Now that that's over with. Alessandro Nesta, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was some Heineken promotion, and he was talking about getting his badges. He says he wants to start his coaching career in MLS. Now, obviously, he's got connections to Montreal, having played there. I don't know if that's where he's targeting, but it would be interesting to see Alessandro Nesta land in this league and if, as a coach. And if he does do that, is he going to... Does he have the knowledge? I'm not saying he's going to be a manager or a head coach right off the bat, but does he have the knowledge to navigate all of the arcane nonsense that comes with being an MLS head coach already? Or does he need to learn on the job? I, I can think of some, some players who have been here before who it might be nice to see come back as managers, as head coaches, as even assistants for that matter. All right. The Champions League dominates today. Let's take a break. When we come back, Stefan Ersfeld will, will give us a look at the chances Bayern Munich can turn this around. It's Soccer Morning on WorldSoccerTalk.com. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Facing the crowd You're talking too loud But I can't hear you calling Hi, I'm Jason Davis, and I want to invite Soccer Morning listeners to join me this Friday for FC Dallas against New York Red Bulls. During the game, I'm going to be sharing my thoughts and opinions about the MLS action at Rabble.tv. It's a brand new television experience that gives fans the ability to talk and banter about the beautiful game. You'll get a chance to hear my opinions about the strengths and weaknesses of Dallas and the Red Bulls, as well as post questions to me via the live conversations thread. If you have an iPhone, great. You can use the uh, Rabble app to hear me. Or you can go directly to the website at rabble.tv. So come on, Soccer Morning listeners, mark your calendar for this Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, and let's hang out together at rabble.tv to talk Red Bulls, the Hoops, and MLS. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Back on Soccer Morning and joined now on the telephone by Stefan Ersfeld. You can find his work at ESPN FC, among other places, covering German football. Stefan, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Good to be back. It's good to have you back. I think uh, we can't possibly bury the lead here, although we'll get to some other items of interest. But it is Bayern Munich attempting to overcome a three-goal deficit against Barcelona in the Champions League semifinals today. And and I, I, I like putting this simply to start, Stefan. Is it is it possible? Well, it is possible. They've shown uh, they can actually score goals. Um, they're not playing Shakhtar Donetsk or Porto, although. So, um, <laughs> like Guardiola said yesterday, they probably have to be patient and um, just be very lucky to maybe score a goal in the first half and... Uh, get to Barcelona in the second half to narrow in like with a 2-0. Normally, you'd say, uh, looking at Bayern's form in recent weeks, it's not possible, but uh, still football. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's their best chance today. Um, that football is the game we all love because it's uh, the unexpected happens at times. 
Now, the, of course, I mean, the, the, that's, that's why we watch. And we're going to continue to, we're going to watch this game, even though for a lot of people, that third Barcelona goal was the dagger and perhaps put Bayern Munich, uh, down. But there were a lot of questions about Pep's tactics in Barcelona. What would you expect out of him today? And what do you, what did you make of that first leg? It was pretty weird to see him start with the, the three man defense and, um, Playing one on one against uh, Suarez, Messi, and Neymar for a start, and uh, putting Rafinha as the left back, um, which he only played once in the cup against Dortmund, but only for for a couple of minutes, and uh, then they changed that again. Um, so the main problem for Bayern is that they don't have a lot of speed in attack. Um, with Robin out, with Ribery out, they have to rely on long balls to uh, to Lewandowski. Who has uh, been more in the role he played at Dortmund in recent weeks? So he, uh, he deflected the long balls and bouncing back to Müller, and uh, they actually formed a pretty good partnership up front. Uh, will that be enough against Barcelona? Um, good counter-attacking side. I'm not sure. Um, so they were really unlucky in the first leg to um, receive that third goal. Looked bad on the, the first goal and. Uh, well, I'm not sure anyone could defend uh, Messi's second goal, which no. is just amazing how he walked past Boateng, even if he slipped, which can happen uh, though. I'll ask you about that. I mean, obviously, you know, this is a, a, a world, a very connected world we live in. That Twitter is going crazy during that game. And when Jerome Boateng goes down and Messi just makes him look foolish, and, and I said it in the immediately aftermath, he's going to make any defender look foolish, anybody in the world. In that moment, more than likely, how how is um, how is the press been towards Boateng in in Germany? Because you know, I feel like people think the guy is just crushed, but I don't know that that's the case. He's a professional. There has not been uh, any focus on Boateng in, in the German press. Good. Um, Good. <laughs> we've been discussing uh, Mario Götze mostly here, um, who only got on after seventy nine minutes. So, and uh, Boateng is just coming off. Got into this match on the back of uh, maybe his best season at Bayern. Um, he's been he's been the key also in the build-up play um, when Xabi Alonso form dropped in recent weeks. He actually managed to um, take over that that part as well. So um, he looks a bit exhausted, but it's a, it's been a long season for them, and they they directly came back from the World Cup. I uh, did this tour of the U.S. and. Uh, never really had a break. So um, it's unfortunate that they now play uh, Barcelona, who are in this great form. But nobody really uh, thought to put the blame on Boateng himself. Yeah, certainly uh, certainly that was just um, a lot of factors involved in that game, and, and injuries have been one of them. I'm looking here, you know, of course we're going to, um, we're, we're going to focus on on Bayern Munich and the lineup they're going to put out, who they can put out. And you have a post over at ESPN FC that discusses a, a couple of scares, Manuel Neuer and Thiago uh, Alcantara. What's the situation there with those two players? I think they, they'll be able to play. Um, uh, Neuer received a minor knock in the uh, Bundesliga match against Augsburg, where he shouldn't have played at all. But uh, Pepperino was sent off after 13 minutes, so um, Neuer needed to play and uh, had a small, I think, ankle bruise. Um, he should be fit to play, um, and so will be Thiago. Um, they just received treatment on Monday, 
and uh, we'll be back in the squad today. Now, you know, I, I don't like what ifs. This is just the de- the hand that Bayern Munich has been dealt and, and Pep has been dealt. But how much better is this team if they have Robin, uh, Alaba, uh, Ribery? I mean, uh, this is the, how, you know, in a percentage type of, of, of way, how would you rate this team compared to a full-strength Bayern Munich team? It's probably, um, they're running at maybe 60%. Right, yeah. So, because player like Ian Robin and even uh, like Frank Ribery, who's been struggling with injuries for a while now, but when he was fit and uh, he played, they have a totally different approach. They they approach the opponent with a lot of speed and um, manage to pass to get past them and direct duels and go all the way down to the touchline, pass the ball in, and make some moves that nobody else can at at this club. They're both getting old, and um, well, that's going to be of a major concern this summer for Bayern. But right now, they're going at sixty percent. Even like David Alaba, mm-hmm. who uh, who played everywhere, he played on five different positions this season. And so, um, all of all of those three players have speed as well, and um, that's a bit lacking in a midfield with Philipp Lahm, Bastian Schweinsteiger. And Xabi uh, Alonso. Yeah, Lam coming back. Um, interesting in the last leg. You, this is a season um, where by, we don't. This isn't a foregone conclusion. They could possibly come back, but let's let's just imagine that, that Barcelona finishes the task today. This is a season where Bayern Munich will have the Bundesliga title, but will have lost out on the Champions League in the semifinals and has lost out on the on the German Cup. Is there any way to to frame it as a success? And and how much of of the failures in the two knockout tournaments does Pep Guardiola take? Well, it can still be labeled as a success, even though um, it's a bit of a weird season for them because they won the league without playing, or they won the league on a Sunday and they have played on uh, Saturday, and Wolfsburg lost at Borussia Mönchengladbach the next day. So they actually weren't on the pitch when they won the league. And um, they were always shooting for the treble, which I'm um, not sure why um, has been like the main target. And so they they have really high goals. And once um, you fail to achieve them, and that's what happened uh, in the Dortmund match after 70 minutes. They were 1-0 up and um, had total control of the match. And all of a sudden it changed. Dortmund brought on Mkhitaryan, for Kagawa, and um, he changed Dortmund's setup a bit, and Bayern struggled for whatever reason. Dortmund equalized, and uh, after that, the game was finished for Bayern, even though they were playing uh, 10 men for most of the the extra time. And um, looking at the way they slipped in the penalty shootout, it's a bit weird. Um, I think you can't blame Guardiola for whatever happened against Bayern because the team out there just failed to to, uh, to show anything else after the, after 70 minutes. Um, they they failed to uh, score a second goal before that. Uh, had bad luck with the referee who didn't call a ref uh, penalty. But um, and also against Barcelona, loads of injured players, high expectations. And they were actually um, hanging on to a goalless draw until like, 15 right. minutes sometimes. Yeah. So um, it hasn't been all that bad, but um, it seems fortune has turned around for them. The, the whole lot of luck 
with the referee decisions and um, even going through all the injuries unharmed. But that has changed. But um, like I said right at the start, um, they've shown against Porto especially that they actually can turn around matches because they went into this match with a 3-1 deficit and um, well, played like Germany v. Brazil at the World Cup with the same team they're going to fear today. There's been, you, you talked about some of the decisions they have in the summer. There's been speculation that Pep Guardiola might move. And, and I don't, I think most of this is, uh, is blatant rumor and there's not a lot to it. And you can tell me if, if, if anybody in Germany actually believes that Pep might leave. But, you know, there the certainly is, he is, a, he is a, the type of manager who is always looking for a challenge. I mean, he, he took Barcelona to the top, and he's obviously at Bayern Munich. Do you think he would leave before he reaches the pinnacle there? Or, you know, could somebody like Manchester City pry him away? Um, he, I think the story with Pep is that um, parts of the press, especially in Munich, feel they're not, not getting anything from him. So he's not uh, talking to the press at all, but for the, the presses he has to do. Um, so there's like general feeling they're not really in the loop. So um, that's a, a problem. And at the club directly, I think um, he'll, he'll actually stay because he, he doesn't want to end up as a failed manager as, uh, at Bayern Munich. And Bayern Munich, um, who have praised him as the best manager in the world and have turned him into a godlike figure, will not admit defeat as well. Thing is, um, in the summer, they need to um, rebuild their squad. So they'll be looking at um, selling players, buying young players, and um, should Pep not commit to a contract, beyond 2016, they have to make some call because they can't hand all the... Uh, lost uh, Stefan there for just a second. Let me see if I can pull him back up. I apologize. It's a tech issue on my end. Um, interesting stuff there from uh, from Stefan on the situation in Bayern Munich with Pep Guardiola. Now, obviously, um, he's going to be an in-demand manager. You know what? Let's um, can we take a quick break here for just a second, and uh, I'll pull up. I'll pull up Stefan. We'll get him back. We want got a couple of uh, directly American-related topics to to talk to uh, to talk to uh, Stefan about. So if I can get if I can get just a quick break, Trevor, and we'll come back and we'll grab Stefan for a couple more minutes. And uh, yeah, all right. Soccer morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Be right back. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. All right, just a little quick break there to get Stefan Ersfeld back on the line. I apologize for the interruption there. Stefan, we were talking about Pep Guardiola, and, and you, were, you were discussing the, the, the press and, and how he's interacting with the press. So you, you see this as, I mean, he, he's got a contract situation that's coming up, and Bayern Munich, again, has built him up. They they have they have pushed all in on Pep um, on Pep Guardiola. Where would they even go if if he didn't stick around? That's the main question. That's going to be maybe um maybe Ancelotti will be leaving Real Madrid, so um he could be an option. But um 
they want to fall back to to like a young coach, young, young, unexperienced coach, because they've just built up so much um, reputation, momentum, whatever you you're gonna call it. But they, in the last four years, they turned into a major football brand worldwide. So, um, the coach is also a selling point and a marketing point. So they will look at a big name and uh, maybe it's well, it's the best best way actually to build a squad as well to bring in new players um, from the outside of Germany because maybe you can't convince or uh, say they're going to take Lucien Favre who put uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach back into Champions League or is about to put them back in um, you, you may not, not be able to convince a Griezmann from yeah. Atletico Madrid to join Bayern Munich then yeah. if you have an inexperienced coach on that level. Yeah, we've got a, a comment from Robert on on Twitter. It, 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 it's not the question. I think is is it's not really one that, that that needs an answer. But there is something to be said for the fact that Bayern Munich Bayern Munich is increasing their profile in the United States, one of the larger markets left to them, and the Bundesliga will be moving to to Fox here next season, which will mean it'll have a much larger platform than it's been getting the last uh, decade or so. And and a coach like Pep Guardiola draws attention and gets uh, is a marketing tool in that in that way. Um, another marketing tool, obviously, Jurgen Klopp has has left. So we'll see what happens at Borussia Dortmund. Before I have to move on, uh, Stefan, a couple of interesting things happening in Germany as it relates to uh, both uh, MLS and the U.S. Men's National Team. First, the the situation at Schalke um, and Kevin Prince Boateng specifically. The, the the stories I saw, or at least the headlines I read, because I have to consume so much information, indicated this was a direct a, a direct response to losing to Cologne. Is that correct? It was a direct response, but not. Um, he was actually um, being sold anyway this summer, so um, they panicked because they are in the danger of uh, losing out on European football altogether and falling behind Borussia Dortmund, who played a miserable season and the are their biggest rivals, like local rivals. So they panicked. And then on Sunday, the sporting executive, Horst Hell, said, oh, we have to do something, and uh, some players will not survive it. So next day, uh, he sacked Kevin Prince Boateng and Sidney Sam, both um, being pretty influential in the squad, but against the coach, and... Um, mm have their own head of, like, you probably know with uh, Kevin Prince-Boateng, who was also sent back from the World Cup last season and uh, has been going to rough spells in Germany before. Um, so he's he's a high earner, and um, he, he found some 8 million euros um, built side and claimed last week, and they just wanted to get rid of him to, in order to bring in uh, Sami Khedira from Real Madrid, mm. another high earner, but they can't afford both. Um... So Kevin Prince of Wateng was shopped around uh, in recent weeks. And um, he scored against Stuttgart, which is a winner, uh, which handed them only their second win in the last 12 games. And uh, everybody was expecting, well, it's going to be ending somehow, but maybe it's, it's going to be an okay ending for both sides. But uh, after Horsfeld panicked on Sunday, that changed. Mm. So now it's on the market. I'm not sure... But he's still got a contract for a year, so he could actually sit out the contract huh. and uh, just get 
the eight million euros. Right. That that sounds like a very Kevin Prince Boateng thing to do. Uh, now he has Indeed. been he has been linked to the New York Red Bulls here in MLS, although that has that rumor has been squashed by their manager Jesse Marsh uh, in the last day or two. So I, I don't I, and and I would have issues uh, with the wisdom of paying a lot of money to a player like Kevin Prince Boateng in a league that doesn't have a lot of high earners like him, uh, considering his history. Um, so you know whether or not he lands here, it is it is fascinating that, to see what's going on at Schalke. Uh, a player that that's in the U.S. setup, a very important player, was a, a strong performer at the World Cup last year. Fabian Johnson, part of that Gladbach team that, as you said, is getting back to Champions League football. Uh, just to give me a, a sense of how how important Fabian Johnson has been to Gladbach this season and how he's playing these days. Well, Johnson was struggling after the World Cup and uh, after making the switch from Hoffenheim to to Munich Gladbach. But in the second half, after actually clashing with uh, Lucien Favre in, during the winter break, he found his spot, and uh, Johnson had hoped to play right back. Now he's playing in left midfield, but he, he beat uh, Torgan Hazard, the brother of Eden Hazard, to, to the place, as well as uh, Traoré, an uh, international who joined from Stuttgart last summer, and a pretty fast player. So he's... He's... Um, Played nearly every match in the second half of the season, scored one goal and um, set up a couple of goals. I think it's like seven goals and uh, Gladbach has been perfect and um, he's been really influential for them without showing it. Uh, but he, they have other players who are like the marquee players like Patrick Herrmann who's playing a blinder of the season and uh, some some other guys. But um, actually Fabian Johnson, nobody had expected it, has turned into... Um, into a real starting formation player at um, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and he can even do better. He needs to start scoring goals because um, sometimes wastes good opportunities. Uh, before I let you go, Stefan, a, a quick word on the on the table as it sits. Obviously, Bayern Munich champions, Wolfsburg, Mönchengladbach, um, still a chance that they could swap places. I imagine Leverkusen in fourth, and at the bottom of the table. Um, Freiburg, Hanover tied on 31, Paderborn tied on 31, Stuttgart at the bottom. How do you see the last couple of, of, of match days playing out and, and who's going uh, Who's going to be playing Champions League football? Who's going to be going down? Well, uh, Champions League football is pretty obvious. It's going to be like the first three teams, which is uh, Bayern, Wolfsburg, and Gladbach. Leverkusen is going to play the, the playoffs in the right. summer. Right. Who's going down? Um Stuttgart will be meeting Hamburg at the weekend, which is... Um, That's a big big match there. <laughs> big match. Um, you also have Stuttgart traveling to uh, Paderborn on the last match day, <clears throat> as well as um, Hanover uh, playing Freiburg on the last match day. And um, it's going to be really interesting. Another club who could actually um, run into problems are Hertha Berlin, who... Who have 34 points right now, but haven't lost, uh, haven't won in a while, and are uh, playing Frankfurt at home and Hoffenheim away. So um, their 34 points might not be enough. But uh, you ask me now, it'll probably be Stuttgart, Paderborn, and uh, Freiburg going down. Mm. Hamburg, they they have somehow um, always managed to stay up in the league. They did that last year, and. Uh, and remember, the 16th place club has to play a relegation playoff against the third place club in Bundesliga 2. Mm-hmm. So they get a second shot. 
Uh, yeah, you you did not you did not say Hanover, which is I think um, encouraging to American soccer fans, only because we now have Steve Torundlo as an assistant manager at Hanover, and would love I could love to see him continue in the Bundesliga with that club. Yeah, well, it'd be great to see him. Well, they've been, they've really been struggling this season. Um, they have Michel Franzek as the coach, but they're playing uh, Freiburg at home on the last match day. They should achieve it, even though they haven't won uh, in 16 games. But uh, every streak will come to an end at some point. Uh, so, um, yeah, Sherundolo should be... Uh, well, we see what happens at Hanover, because um, Frantic is only there for, for the remaining two matches of the season. Mm-hmm. They're going to install a new coach after that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the... Sherundolo stays in as the assistant coach. And... Um, continues to work on his coaching credentials and um, takes over the club at one point. No. He's pretty much based there. Yeah, he's, he's certainly certainly beloved at uh, at Hanover. I would it would be it would be troubling to see a new coach come in and and uh, and Steve have to leave. But let's hope that yeah. doesn't happen. Stefan Erstfeld. Well, well, he was working in the youth department, so he probably right. just go back. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah, and obviously, as you said, working on his credentials and his badges. Stefan Ersfeld, you can find his work at ESPN FC. He's on Twitter as at your Ersfeld, U-E-R-S-F-E-L-D. Make sure you're following him. Even when he tweets in German, it's still good. Uh, <laughs> Stefan, I appreciate your time. Okay, take care, Jason. Right, bye. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll open up the phone lines, take your phone calls here on Soccer Morning, 646-832-3909. Get them in. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Davis, and I want to invite Soccer Morning listeners to join me this Friday for FC Dallas against the New York Red Bulls. During the game, I'm going to be sharing my thoughts and opinions about the MLS action at Rabble.tv. It's a brand new television experience that gives fans the ability to talk and banter about the beautiful game. You'll get a chance to hear my opinions about the strengths and weaknesses of Dallas and the Red Bulls, as well as post questions to me via the live conversations thread. If you have an iPhone, that's great. You can use the Rabble app to hear me, or you can go directly to the website at rabble.tv. So come on, Soccer Morning listeners, mark your calendars for this Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Let's hang out together at rabble.tv to talk Red Bulls, the Hoops, and MLS. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Phone lines are now open, 646-832-3909. 646-832-3909. Changing my cadence a little bit on that. Working on that. Get your phone calls in on whatever strikes your fancy today. we got the Champions League coming up. Second leg, semifinals, Barcelona, 3-0 aggregate lead over Bayern Munich. Pep Guardiola trying to figure out how to overcome a three-goal deficit at home. And again, if anybody's capable of it, it's Bayern Munich. If anybody can figure out a way to score three goals, keep Barcelona off the board, it's probably Bayern Munich. But as Stefan said, it's a team operating at 60% capacity. No Alaba, no Ribery, no Robin. Too many missing pieces 
for Pep. And here's the, the problem is that history does not remember those things. Not really. People who live through it, people who really pay attention, the diehard soccer fans of Bayern Munich, of Barcelona, maybe in 10 years' time, depending on how this leg plays out, will remember this tie and remember that Bayern Munich was at 60% capacity. Now, will that change how we appreciate Messi's performance in the first leg? No, probably not, and it shouldn't. But it will, it will as it fades away, as the knowledge of the injury situation of Bayern Munich fades away, People just think, oh, yeah, remember in 2015 when Barcelona destroyed Bayern Munich? Pep Guardiola's Bayern Munich? Former Barcelona manager Pep Guardiola's Bayern Munich? That's all they're going to remember. And when you look at it in the history books, it's not going to say Barcelona 3, Bayern Munich 0, whatever the final aggregate scoreline uh, ends up being. It's it's not going to say that and then underneath say Bayern Munich had several injuries to Aaron Robin, Frank Ribéry, David Alaba. No, it's not going to say that. It's just going to say the scoreline. And then you're going to go, oh, look at look how great Barcelona was in 2015 compared to Bayern Munich. And I know the, the, the nature of sports, sometimes the, the conversations go off the rails and are ridiculous things about power rankings and trying to determine who's the best this and who's the best that. Sometimes we lose the thread when it's Messi versus Ronaldo. But this is what sports are for. This is what we do. We take, we take a team from 2015 and we want to compare it to a team from 2010. Barcelona in 2015 under Luis Enrique against Barcelona in 2011, 2010-2011 uh, uh, under Pep Guardiola. Which one's better, guys? I mean, we can appreciate both. We can argue about who's, which one's better, which is a better team. They're different teams. They play different ways. They still have Lionel Messi, both of them. The amazing Lionel Messi. Andre Siniesta, a different player than he was back then, clearly. Things have changed a little bit, but it doesn't mean we don't recognize this Barcelona team as one of the great great teams of the, of the century so far. Only 15 years in. 646-832-3909. Take you up to 10 o'clock depending on how the calls go. If you got anything on your mind, it doesn't have to be it does not it does not have to be Champions League. What about this Atlanta MLS name? I need suggestions for the Atlanta MLS name. Hey, let me just pull up, see if I can pull up these these suggestions. They did a, it was the Terminus Legion that did that poll, right? Terminus Legion being the being the uh the supporters group, the main supporters group for Atlanta MLS. Uh, here it is. Supporters group narrows soccer team suggestions from back in January. The Atlanta Blackhearts. I saw a badge for that one. It's like a, the, there's a uh, deer. I don't know. Is it a deer? <laughs> it's a big deer. Like a buck. The Atlanta Blackhearts. The Atlanta Empire. The Atlanta Firebirds. The Atlanta Resurgence. I don't think it's Atlanta Terminus, is it? Is it it Atlanta Terminus? Presentation matters, right? You're going to be living with this name forever. 
forever. You better pick a good one. You better pick a good name. And just none of the, again, none of those sort of strike me as, I don't know, that great. Okay, now I'm at the Terminus Legion website. And I know guys over there. I think some of them listen to the show. If I'm saying anything wrong, guys, call in. Let me know. 646-832-3909. Here are the, so they have stage one, stage, I don't know. Stage one, stage two, voting. I just like I just like going back and looking at all of the possibilities. These are the ones presented by the Terminus Legion at the beginning of the year, two, uh, in, on January first. The Bantams, which I don't know if people know which, which which English club is called the Bantams. There's an English club called the Bantams. I can't remember which one that is. Do people know what a Bantam is? Bantams, small chickens noted for their aggressive nature. So little little. Little fighting chickens. Those are bantams. Black hearts. Heart is the old English word for stag or deer. So there you go. Empire. Firebirds. Mention those. Kings. Atlanta kings. You know, the Atlanta kings. Locomotives. Instead of locomotive Atlanta or something like that, this is locomotives. The whole terminus thing, by the way, the original name of the city of Atlanta was Terminus. The end of a line, the end of the, the rail line. Rail runners. Uh, resurgence. I don't know about that. And you could just say, hey, they could be Atlanta FC. Or SC. That's what we call it. We call it we call it soccer here, guys. Bill Reese on Twitter, I think the Empire Supporters Club of Red Bull New York might have an issue with Atlanta Empire FC. Okay, fine. Really? I mean, I get it. I don't think they're going to go with it. I don't think they're going to go with Empire. Yes, Bradford City. Thank you, Juan. Bradford City are the Bantams. I think that's right. And it's one of those deals where it's not their official nickname. It's just the name that people, it's like, you know, West Brom is the bag of the baggies. That it's not like on their badge or anything. Mike says the ba- the Bantam sticks with the bird themes that other teams have. Hawks, Fas- uh, Falcons, and the Thrashers. Well, Thrashers was a terrible name. I'm sorry it was. I'm not glad that hockey left Atlanta, but Thrashers was a terrible name. Hawks and Falcons are birds of prey. They're badass birds. Now, I'm not saying they're the greatest birds in the animal kingdom, but they're badass birds. A bantam is a chicken. It's a chicken. Now, you can't go hawks, falcons. I guess you can't go eagles, right? I guess you really can't do that. Atlanta eagles. And as much as I rail against the whole FC thing in a country that calls it soccer, I do like mixing it up. I'm not always on board with city name, nickname. I'm not always on board with that. Uh, and I'm certainly not on board with the singular stuff. I'm not on board with like, okay, revolution is fine, I guess. Not super enthralled by that. Empire, uh, I guess that's okay. But again, you end up with like, it's, it's not like they're the Atlanta Empire. They're like Empire Soccer Club or something. And then they, they throw Atlanta on the top. Let's go to Daniel in Atlanta. 
Daniel in Atlanta. LA Galaxy fan Daniel in Atlanta. Hey, good morning, Jason. Good morning, sir. How about something like uh, the Rebellion or something like that? I don't know. Well, I you know I think, and I'm not I'm not I'm not a Southerner by by birth or upbringing. I lived there plenty of times when I was a kid, and I, my family's not really from there, and I'm not from Atlanta. But I kind of feel like they want to avoid that stuff a little bit, Daniel. Like I kind of feel like they want to stay away from anything that's sort of Civil War era. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of touchy, right? Yeah, yeah, they really, it really seems like they're trying to avoid that that whole Civil War, Deep South Rising, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it would be, when when you mentioned uh, Atlanta Rising, the first thing I thought was, like, the South will rise again or something like that, you know? Well, okay, it was, it's rise, which is even worse than rising. Atlanta Rising, uh, maybe. Atlanta Rise is terrible. And I, I, I don't know, I think that, the whole Phoenix imagery thing is, I don't think that's tied necessarily to the Civil War, but it, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it matters. I mean, you know, ultimately, I want this team to be inclusive. I want the team name to, to represent everybody in Atlanta. And Atlanta is a very diverse city. So why not be, why not stay away from anything that's sort of tied to Atlanta's role as the, you know, one of the biggest cities in the South from, you know, going back to Gone with the Wind and stuff? I mean, Atlanta's really extremely diverse, and uh, they would have to like connect with everybody in a way that'll make everybody feel all right. I was just joking around with the whole Civil War thing. I mean, you know, I've grown up in Atlanta, and I like reading on the Civil War and the history of the Civil War, but you know, it's just that was a dark time in our era that I don't, I don't want to relive again. Right, exactly, exactly. Right, of course, of course. I mean, we all we all agree on that, Daniel. There's no issue with that at all. Uh, so, if you had a choice of the ones I gave out there, what would you what would you say? Uh, locomotives, I think. The what? Or, you know, or the the locomotives. Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. I I I see. What, okay. I get. I, I like sort of the train thing. I don't know how to fit it in where it's perfect for me, but I can see where locomotives would be your choice. What else you got today? Uh, talking soccer-wise, I think when it comes to Champions League, I really want uh, Munich to win. You know, I think they're going to win. They proved it against... Um, they, it, it was Porto. It was Porto. Porto is not Barcelona. No. Porto is not Barcelona by any stretch of the imagination. And while I hope that we get to... Okay, look, I, I, don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. I can see uh, whoever wins, I'm going to be fine with it. I just want some drama out of this match now. So what, what I want is, Bar- is Bayern Munich to make a furious comeback and it to come down to the last couple of minutes of the game. Where, you know, or, or I, you know, I guess extra time is something I can root for. I can give me a 3 nothing Bayern Munich win today. That puts us at 3-3 on aggregate. And you go into, a- into a- extra time. And I don't know if I want penalties necessarily, but some sort of dramatic goal from one of the two sides would be nice. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want Bayern to, to go in and half-ass the jobs and not come out with a result, you know? I mean, they're too good of a club to to not have won the first leg, even with all the injuries that they've had. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of disappointing, and it's kind of disappointing in the situation that they're in against a club, arguably Barcelona, you know, one of the best in the world, but even so, you know, Munich has proven themselves time and time again that they're the ones to beat, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about Pep Guardiola either. I don't know if I root for him. Um, you know, I love those Barcelona teams. I was not a fan. I didn't necessarily need them to win the Champions League to feel good about myself. 
But those Barcelona teams under Pep were something else to watch. Now, at Bayern Munich, I kind of feel like the guy, and this is not his fault because he wanted a new challenge. He stepped away from Barcelona. But I kind of feel like the guy's got this aura about him where he is, you know, he's he's it's almost like he's godlike and 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 I think Stefan mentioned this they've they've sort of built him up over at Bayern Munich into something so big that now I sort of resent that he is that guy you know I resent the fact that he's that he has this aura about him as if he can do no wrong when clearly you know he's human he's fallible he can make mistakes I think he made mistakes in in Barcelona yeah I mean every everybody makes mistakes but when you put somebody on such a high pedestal you expect so much out of them and then when they don't deliver that's when everybody was like, "Why did we put him so high up?" Well, you know what I'm saying? You, how much do you, how much do you put on him though? Like, how much do you think of that as being Pep's doing, and how much do you think of that as the press is doing, and how much do you think is that is the fans doing? Because I think we've all built we've all built up Pep Guardiola in our minds, especially because of all that success with Barcelona, and now you know, and I, I know that the German press has had some issues with him, and the fans still the fans for the most part still love him. I mean, I, I'm talking general soccer fans who view him as you know, who view his style choices and the way his teams play as sort of the pinnacle of soccer. Those people still idolize him, but I, I feel like he's fed it too. Like he's created this aura about himself and been a party to the notion that he is the best manager in the world, bar none, et cetera, et cetera. And that rubs me the wrong way. Well, when you get told, hey, you're the best, you know, no one can bring you down. In That's, that gets to your head. And of course, I'm not saying that Pep, you know, gets to his head. He has, he has proven that he's arguably one of the best in the world. But taking a challenge at a club like Bayern is, is a difficult task to do, especially yeah. when the press and the fans and everybody puts you, like I said, on, on a really high pedestal. Well, I mean, I also think, thanks for the call, Daniel. I also think that there's yeah. some Phil Jackson to, to Pep Guardiola. And what I mean by that is I don't take anything away from him as in terms of his ability to manage players, I don't think he's... I'm not trying to say he's not a great manager, an all-time great manager. But when you... It, it's difficult to judge a guy who goes from strength to strength. He goes from biggest club in the world to another biggest club in the world. He goes from having Lionel Messi and, and that team to having Bayern Munich and that team. I mean, that, that, that makes it tough to judge him equally against other managers. I mean, Jose Mourinho won a Champions League with FC Porto. I'm not saying Marino's a better manager right now, but that's a diff- more difficult task than what Guardiola achieved at Barcelona. I, I don't know. It- it's difficult. Uh, some some stuff here uh, on Twitter about Atlanta and their name. Ringo says that MLS should buy the Silverbacks name. MLS is, or NASL is trying to sell the team. NASL is running that team, I think. I think they're. I think that's an owner, a league-operated team right now. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Silverbacks name. But if you want the legacy to continue in Atlanta, I can see that, uh, Ringo. No problem there. How about Atlanta Generals? Okay. Uh, all right. Atlanta Firebirds have Knight Rider on their badge. <laughs> that would be amazing. Put Kit on the badge. Definitely do that. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ringo says the Silverbacks were named after Willie B, the gorilla. That, uh, that's ATL history. MLS Atlanta needs to keep that intact. Okay. Okay, sure. Uh, let's uh, let's hit the phone number one more time, 646-832-3909, whether in Atlanta or otherwise. Uh, give me some some ideas here. 
you know, it could it could be something like uh you know, Atlanta. Uh I don't have anything. I don't. I don't have any ideas. I I I again, I want, I keep coming back to the train motif. That's where I want them to go, but I I want them to do it in a way that that fits American soccer, American sports and Atlanta. So, locomotive Atlanta doesn't work for me. That is that just doesn't that flat out doesn't work for me. Um yeah, I I don't know where else you could go with that. Atlanta Locomotives sounds like a minor league baseball team. Like the Chattanooga look uh, Chattanooga Lookouts. You guys remember? I don't know if this was a thing for for most of you. Do you remember when minor league baseball hats were like the rage? Everybody had minor league baseball hats? That's what that sounds like to me. The Atlanta Locomotives. Yeah. Locomotive Atlanta. I keep saying it. I keep coming back to it. 646-832-3909. Can Barcelona, sorry, can Bayern Munich overcome the Barcelona deficit? What should Atlanta call themselves? And uh, anything else that's on your mind the last couple minutes of a Tuesday show? Reminder, the Sirius XMFC show kicks off at 11 a.m. Eastern on Channel 94. You should be listening to that if you have Sirius XMFC. And here's the nice thing. If you do have a subscription and you do have Sirius XMFC, you can listen to the show on demand after the fact. You don't have to listen to it live. If you can get these, I have the Sirius XMFC app on my telephone. And I can go back and listen. I don't necessarily listen to myself that often. Because I think that's kind of weird. Is that a thing people do? Go back and listen to the radio shows after the fact? I mean, I'm doing three hours a day now, guys. Come on. I don't know that, uh, yeah, I don't know that Silverbacks is going to win any popularity contest, t- contest. And that's the problem. I, I don't know. Has Atlanta, has the MLS team, Carlos Bocanegra is running the technical side. Got Arthur Blank in charge of the, um, you know he's an owner, and then there's there's a there's somebody else I'm missing, who's running the business side of things. And I wonder how they're going about that process. Terminus Legion runs a poll. Has the team itself run a poll? Has the Atlanta Constitution, Journal Constitution, excuse me, Atlanta Journal Constitution run a poll? Who's the soccer guy in Atlanta? We need to get that guy on the air or soccer writer. It might be a woman. I don't know. That's the person we need to get on the air. Talk about this. All right. Tuesdays are uh, slow news days. Unless you care about James McLean being in New York and possibly linked to an MLS team. Lots of transfer rumors in the world these days. MLS uh, MLS roster freeze is coming up. And then we'll have the summer to talk about some possibilities as well. <clears throat> Sum up with Steph, Stefan Ersfeld. Looks like. Kevin Prince Boateng has been released by Schalke, but may not end up in MLS again. Jesse Marsh saying no. That doesn't mean some other team won't take a shot at it. But would you want Kevin Prince Boateng on your team? Would you? Mm. Kind of guy who like feel like you could just he could just disappear for a while. And I don't just mean like on the field, like oh I'm not playing well. I mean flat out disappear. Thanks again to Stefan for his time today talking about Bayern Munich Barcelona. And other German uh, football topics. Make sure you are following him on Twitter. U-E-R-S-F-E-L-D. Occasionally he tweets in English. It's always good stuff. He writes in English at ESPN FC. Soccer Morning has a 
T-shirt, which I got mine yesterday, by the way. I didn't wear it today. I need a ruling on that. Can I wear a soccer morning T-shirt like on the show? I mean, I guess that would like show people what it looks like and they might buy it. But then I have to wear it. Like if I wear it out in public, is that like, would you ever see the lead singer of a band or anybody in a band wearing their own T-shirt? Do they do that? Is that a thing? Trevor, you've been in bands. Do you have T-shirts and you wore them? Is that a uh, is that a thing that you do? Like to sub, like are you are you promoting yourself or are you that guy? I don't want to be that guy. Trevor doesn't care. That's a good, it's the right attitude. Don't don't worry what other people think. That's what I should do. I apologize. Yeah, I'll be all right. Uh, soccer morning uh, mug at backyield.com slash store. Soccer morning t shirt three nil fc dot com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Soccer Morning. I am Davis JSN. Producer Trevor is Hey Hayward, H E Y H A Y. And we'll be back on a Wednesday. There's uh, there's MLS tomorrow. There's Canadian Championship tomorrow. Good stuff. We'll talk to you later. Bye.